Big 12 basketball did something we have not seen all season on Saturday, and that was this is Locked on Big 12. You are Locked on Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. It was normal. For the first time this year, Big 12 basketball was shockingly normal. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. How was your weekend? Uh, to give you a brief recap on mine, I got dreadfully sunburned in Tampa, Florida. I met John Cena and watched the party animals beat the Savannah Bananas three games in a row. So here we are, excited to talk Big 12. I, I'm even more pumped to talk Big 12 because as I was watching these banana ball games, I was like, oh, I got to check on these Big 12 scores. And since, it, okay, okay can, I get, can I get kind of personal here? So balancing these jobs, which are both vastly different, it's like, oh, how much time will I have to pay attention to Big 12 now? It's a question I've asked myself. And the answer I've learned is a lot. I can still dial into Big 12 basketball. And this weekend, the Big 12 gods granted me the gift of the first normal weekend that we've seen all season long. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some good games. Cincinnati led Houston at the break. Baylor was right there on Kansas heel at the very end and had a shot, actually two shots, to win the game. Kansas State made things oddly close against BYU late in the stretch of that game. UCF wouldn't go away against Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State even gave Oklahoma a scare. It's not that these games weren't good games. It's that Saturday was chalk that we actually didn't see a big upset. We didn't see this home favorite go down. We didn't see a road favorite go down. You know, there were so many conversations we've had about how Kansas lost at West Virginia or lost at UCF, and those teams are now more legitimate. We're going to talk in the middle segment of the show today about which teams have locked in their place in March Madness, Kansas being one of them, but those two losses have marred their schedule, dropping them now to 7-4 and four in Big 12 play. That is, it's been a staple of Big 12 basketball. But then this week, this Saturday, everything was normal. What did you learn about the Big 12? Because what I learned is that this conference can be mundane? Question mark. Saturday was mundane. Houston beating Cincinnati. They were favored. Kansas beating Baylor. Now it was a great game. College game day was there. Austin Sachs for Baylor got a scholarship offer. It was the coolest thing in the world. And then Kansas at the end of the game, and what I thought was a well-officiated game where Baylor turned the ball over 21 times, got the win. Then there's Iowa State against TCU. The Iowa State defense held TCU to 22 points in the first half. They are stupid, stupid good. You saw a, I thought that Keyshawn Gilbert, spectacular again on on Saturday, cemented himself as somebody who we should talk about more in Big 12 basketball, who I haven't mentioned enough in this conference, who's put up double digits, what, like four or five out of the last six games, something crazy like that. I say crazy for a guy who I haven't talked about a lot. Kansas State going toe-to-toe with the Marriott Center against BYU. And then Texas Tech being close against UCF. So what, what I've deduced from this is that, yes, the Big 12 can be normal. And that's A. That's A. And that B, the teams that are supposed to win, the teams that need these key wins to go to March Madness, are getting it done. Look at a Texas Tech. Are they a lock to go to March this year? Again, I'm going to talk about that in the middle segment of the show today, but I don't think the answer is yes yet. Despite them being top 25, 6-4 and four in Big 12 play, if you take their net, they're not a lock right now. Texas, they need every win they can get. They're five and six in Big 12 play, despite spending a large portion of the early half of the season in the top 25 for an Iowa State. I think they're a lock for the I think they're a lock for March Madness. These wins are going to hurt. And for TCU, you need to start winning games now. Otherwise, this isn't going to happen. We are 37 days away from March Madness. Yeah, yeah. 
lock in 37 days away from March Madness. And now you have teams like TCU that look up and say, Ooh, we thought that we, we thought that we were in a pretty good spot to, to make it, but now it varies. It's very week to week in this conference for each team on whether or not you're going to make the tournament. And we are close enough to the tournament to start making, to start making that a point. What else stood out to me this weekend? Eve Misi for Baylor, 21 points, eight rebounds is one of the best freshmen in the country. As for Houston, Juwan Roberts, that team is, can I, Houston is the best team in the Big 12. Yeah, I. it would be tough for any of you to argue it. They are number one in the country in so many, like from a Ken Palm to a net. Houston is the best basketball team in the Big 12. I still think in a March Madness, in a tournament format, Kansas has a better shot to go further. Why? Houston has depth. Houston has seven pieces that I'm pretty confident in. Kansas does not. Kansas, at a point the season before Furphy really stepped onto the scene, had to me mm, four pieces. Yeah, that, that felt right. But now with as good as Furphy has been, they have the best starting five in the Big 12. Their starting five is better than Houston's starting five. So you say, well, that doesn't make sense because Kansas is a better starting five, but Houston has seven good players. What I have learned recently, especially about March Madness, even in watching that Baylor team that I was, I mean, I was in person watching that in Indianapolis in 2021, is these teams, these teams that are winning national championships are built so much more on an elite starting five. I, I need you to be good for two games in a weekend. I need those five guys to go 37 minutes for two games in a weekend. And if you do that, you can win March Madness. If I've got eight elite guys, I can't put eight on the floor at one time. I think Kansas starting five carries them further than Houston. Do I still think Houston's the better overall team? Yes. And they continue to prove that a win on the road against West Miller and Cincinnati is not is not something to, to scoff at. That's a Cincinnati team that still has March Madness aspirations despite being four and six in the Big 12. They sit right now needing every win they can get, and they were up at halftime with this one. Houston showed gall and guts to hold Cincinnati to 62 points and get it done. What else we got? TCU's got to start winning fast. TCU's got to start winning fast. Iowa State's defense locked down again. Again, 22 points in that first half of the Horned Frogs. Not going to cut it. If you want to go to March, start winning quickly. For Kansas State, same deal. If you want to be a participant in March Madness, the wins have to come soon for Jerome Tang and company. And I think there's a better chance that Jerome Tang does leave Kansas State if they miss March. Do I... If you... Gun in my head today. Will Kansas State lose Jerome Tang at the end of the season? No, I, I don't think they will. Does he deserve to leave? Yeah, we've talked about this from the administration, from how he's been treated by the administration, from how the entire first half of the season went for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he's unhappy with his bosses. The fan base, great. His team, gutsy. Arthur Kaluma, big art was finally good against BYU. But every win is going to count down the stretch. They need to make March to keep things settled in Manhattan. For BYU, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, For as much crap as we gave the BYU offense, uh, or the BYU defense, because the offense was so good but one-dimensional, they have just put everything together. Now sit at 5-5 five and five in Big 12 play, which isn't flashy, but they deserve to be in the top 25. And they, they at 17-6, and six, they approved everybody proven, everybody wrong. Texas Tech and UCF. UCF, you're in that same boat, in a, sim in a similar boat to Kansas State, in a similar boat to TCU. You've got to start winning now. I don't think UCF's out of the fight altogether. 
But man, it's going to take a legendary run. You have to finish above 500 in Big 12 play now if you're UCF to make the tournament. West Virginia, Oklahoma State, you're both out. There's not much there. I didn't, I don't know if I learned anything about Texas. West Virginia just has put on some of the sappiest, sappiest, uh, and I just pitiful performances that we've seen in college, in, in not just the Big 12, but college basketball from a power of six school this year. And they did it again in Austin on Saturday. And then Oklahoma, they can keep struggle busing. They're going to make March. They're not actually in my locks for March Madness right now, which I have numbers to back up, but they will make it to March, especially the way that Jalen Moore is just dominating. That dude's fun to watch play the whole basketball thing and was great again on Saturday, 66-62 over Oklahoma State. Hey, close wins are still wins. Coming up, how about the Super Bowl last night? You see that? Let's talk March Madness. Uh Uh-huh. And my sunburn. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where I go all the time when I need help with my small business. Look, this is a business. Locked On Big 12 is a business, and I constantly need an intern to help out with social media posts and being able to be on the forefront of every game that happens in this conference. You got to check out LinkedIn Jobs when you need help making a hire. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network, more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality Quality candidates so easy that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They know that you have so much on your plate. You're wearing so many hats. They make the process easier. They launched a feature just recently that helps you write job descriptions, making this quick. Two and a half small businesses, two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college, linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Keep in mind that terms and conditions do apply. Who are the locks in the Big 12 to make March Madness? I'm going to start with the most surprising one. Not the most obvious, but the most surprising. BYU will be an attendee in March. And to me, these are the teams that don't need help to do it. This is, when I say lock, it's not that you can lose the rest of the game on your schedule. Less rest of the games in your schedule, which these teams won't. Lock instead is, yeah, no. It would take a colossal a monumental fall apart to change this. The reason BYU is right there is they are eighth. That's eighth in net this year, despite being two and four on the road, three and on a neutral site where you'll get March Madness, 12 and two at home. This team, three and five against quad one. You're like, oh, what, what's going to impress me yet? They are overall 17 and six. They win a vast majority of the games that they are slated to win. They're great. They're great against the spread. And BYU being top 10 in net means that they are overall safe, especially with games at home against UCF coming up on the road against Oklahoma State at home against Baylor. They go 3-0 and in those games. I predict they go 3-0 and in those games. And BYU is in March. They're comfortable right now. They're a lock to me right now. And the way their schedule shakes out, they have enough winnable games in the next three to really slide in there and make it no question. It is no question to me, but nationally make it no question. BYU, you're a lock. How about Iowa State? This is a team that coming into the season, not a lot of us talked about. I was I was a little more... Um, I think I gave Iowa State more juice than, than multiple Big 12 outlets because I trust TJ Otzelberger's defense. I'm a big shot quality guy. Shotquality.com is where I do all my analytics studies. 
And they had Iowa State as the number one defensive team in the country last year. I didn't think there'd be a vast drop off for that team. And there wasn't. They've been number one or two in the country for most of the season at shot quality. Iowa State's defense is elite. They're a lock for March Madness. And they are ninth right now in net. They are ninth in net. If you're top 10 in net and there are three big 12 teams that currently can boast that moniker, you are a lock for March Madness as it sits. Iowa State. Tough to say that they're a surprise being here, but out of the teams that I have locked into March Madness, they are the second most surprising for how comfortable they are as of today. For Iowa State as well, looking at their schedule moving forward, the Big 12 is never easy. That TCU win at home was one that they needed. Going on the road against Cincinnati is not easy. Texas Tech's a top 25 team. Houston on the road, those three are aren't tough-ish for what the Big 12 is, right? The Texas Tech game at home, you should win. The game at Cincinnati, you should win. The game at Houston, you will lose. If you go 2-1 and one in this stretch, that puts you in a great spot facing West Virginia and Oklahoma at home, UCF on the road. I think Iowa State will get at least five of their next seven. And again, one of the reasons I think they're a lock. Schedule coming up, top 10 in net. How about... And look, this one's not surprising. These next three aren't surprising. How about the Houston Cougars? At number one in the country in net 21 and three overall Houston has been the darling of the big 12 this season. Again, I think Houston's the better team than Kansas. They have more depth than Kansas. Kansas has five guys. Houston has seven. I don't know if that's going to play in March as well as most people predict, but after a road win against Cincinnati, Houston is on an absolute tear. The only loss since January for them came against Kansas on the road. That's 78 to 65 loss, which it's Allen Fieldhouse. They get Texas at home. That's a win. Iowa State at home, likely a win at Baylor. The Bears have not been nails at Foster Pavilion. They can win that game at home against Cincinnati at Oklahoma at UCF at home against Kansas. There's a way that Houston wins out again. Texas at home. It's a win. Iowa State at home. It's a win for Houston. Baylor on the road. That that's a good you got a good shot at a win there. Uh, it's Cincinnati at home. That's a win. At Oklahoma, win. At UCF, win. Kansas at home. Houston will finish the season with five or fewer losses. The regular season with five or fewer losses. They sit at 21 and 3 right now and they are dominant. They're a lock for March Madness. Kansas, you're right there with them. 12th overall in net feels lower than they probably should be, but it's an algorithm that I don't own. I didn't make net. The win against Baylor was big, 64-61, defend off a team that gave you so many fits late. And now you get a tough stretch at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. Those two road games are not going to be easy. Texas at home, BYU at home, you're going to win both of those. But if you go two and two in this next stretch, you start to think, huh, where is Kansas seated? You're a lock for March. Where are you seated? There are teams like Kansas State that are playing every game to make it to the postseason. For Kansas, it's playing every game to put yourself in a best position that you don't face an overly physical SEC or Big Ten or Big or, or Big East team in round two and can give yourself a little bit more breathing room. Right now, Kansas is in a spot. If they finish the season, if they can in their next at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma, Texas, BYU, Baylor on the road, Kansas State, and Houston. You win five of those games. We can still talk about the possibility of Kansas being being a one seed, depending on what they do in, in the Big 12 tournament. Um, that wouldn't be... I mean, look, they, they sit in the top five right now in the country. I, I They're not only a lock for March, but they're right there with the possibility of locking in that, a, a top spot. Baylor, 
Also a lock for March. Top 15 in net right now. They sit at 13th in the country. That loss against Kansas maybe feel even better about the Bears? Question mark. That's right. There are no moral victories in Big 12 play, but Baylor coming that close, having two shots to win it or tie it there at the very end, shows me the Bears can be legitimate defensively, especially holding Kansas to 64 points. Uh, 21 turnovers is not good. That's not going to win you a lot of games. You miss two tying three-pointers. That's not going to win you a lot of games. I still can't get that taste from the TCU game out of my mouth for Baylor, but there's still a lock for March. So your locks for March Madness are Houston, BYU, Iowa State, Kansas, and Baylor. Teams that do need to do a little bit more. Oklahoma 30th in net. Texas 33. Cincinnati 34. Texas Tech 37. And TCU 41. Those teams still Thick in the hunt, Oklahoma, Texas, Cincinnati, somehow Cincinnati right there. You can breathe just a little bit. You can afford a couple more losses. Texas Tech, TCU, despite even Texas Tech being in the top 25, you need a little more juice, a little more oomph. UCF sits at 66 in the net. Kansas State at 76. I don't know why Kansas State's so low. I feel like they should be so much higher than 76th, but their odds of making March without a few key wins here late are not very good. So there are your locks, there are your teams in the middle, and everybody else, you're kind of outside looking in right here, especially in Oklahoma State or a West Virginia. This is Locked On. Oh, Gary Patterson's back in the Big 12 with old rival Baylor. Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, the Super Bowl was last night, thanks to... FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go to make money, and it's where I made money last night betting on Super Bowl props. The betting is not over. You can still you can still get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet that you place right now. Go in and say that Kansas is going to win the basketball game tonight. Put $5 on it. If you do that, you can win $150 in free play. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. FanDuel is great. It's like my passive income. It is great. Easy. There's an app. Butte. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gary Patterson is coaching at my alma mater. Here's my immediate reaction to it. I have to dance a little bit on some graves and tell you why I am so happy that Gary Patterson is back in the big 12 and that Gary Patterson is at Baylor, the longtime rival of Gary Patterson. He hated Art Bryles. He hated Baylor. He probably hated Art more than Baylor. But now here he is as an assistant coach on Dave Aranda's staff. The official title is senior consultant. Two things with this. One, I told you in November that Gary Patterson would return to college football as a coach in the Big 12. The reason that I deduced that was I had a source that talked about how Houston and other locations had already been in at least talks, not interviews, but phone conversations, other schools, phone conversations in this conference with Gary Patterson about roles like this and also head coaching roles. Those didn't go anywhere until now. I predicted that Patterson would be in the Big 12 as a coach. I thought it would be a head coach, but I at least knew he'd be back in the game because of what I had been told by numerous sources who were very close to him. He's a normal dude. He actually is pretty communicative. And I, I actually there's somebody else in Big 12 media who called my boss to try to get me fired that week because they said that the information was so reckless, outlandish, irresponsible. 
and here we are. I have a job and Gary Patterson has a job as well. That is, I, I tied myself to the Gary Patterson train because I think the most legendary coach in TCU history, one of the best to do it in the Big 12, should still be on the sidelines somewhere. And now he is at Baylor. That's point one that I'll make with this. Point two, this is a beautiful move, not just by Dave Aranda, but by Mac Rhodes, the athletic director, to allow it. Baylor's in a spot that Dave Aranda is not a very good head coach. We know that. Dave Aranda is not a very good head coach. He is bringing in, like, Spavadol as offensive coordinator or Patterson in this role, other guys who have been head coaches who are probably better leaders of young men. Okay? Better, better represent a better representation of a coach that can can induce a fire in a young man. Dave Aranda cannot. He cannot. I have talked to players inside Baylor football and they are not very married to Dave Aranda. They I, they get that he's a genius, but you can't have a conversation with the guy. You're bored to death. He needed to bring People onto his staff that are true head coaches that can run a program from that side of things, from the people side of it. Dave Aranda can't handle people. We've learned that. We've learned that. They were three and nine last year. That's the first point of this. Credit to Dave Aranda for building a staff that's going to meet what he lacks. Also, if you're Mac Rhodes and you know that, well, Dave was three and nine last year, they might start two and four, or two and five this year. If you make a change in the middle of the season, now Gary Patterson is the interim head coach of the Baylor Bears. That's what this move does. Gary Patterson is the interim head coach of the Baylor Bears. Gary rattles off four or five wins to end the year, goes to a bowl game. Gary Patterson is the head coach of the Baylor Bears. That is that is what today, February 8th, could become. That is what that domino to me is. By the way, George M. Steinbrenner Field right here behind me in beautiful Tampa Bay. Opening day of Banana Ball. First game tonight. Pumped. The Savannah Bananas and the Party Animals. And all I can focus on is Gary Patterson, the TCU legend, being my alma mater. There is a statue. There is a statue of a Baylor coach on TCU's campus. One of the Baylor assistants has his own statue outside of Eamon G. Carter in Fort Worth, Texas. That makes today awesome. Awesome. And when Dave Miranda inevitably gets fired because he can't handle people, Gary Patterson becomes your interim coach and has a shot at taking over at Baylor. Or he's allowed to supplement what Dave Miranda lacks in the guiding people category. Dave Miranda can be the X's and the O's and try to figure out the defensive woes at, at Baylor, which was still 20 spots nationally below the offense. But the OC got fired and said to anybody else that if if Patterson can supplement that. Uh oh. If, he, if Patterson can supplement the, the people side as Aranda works on the X's and O's side, Baylor could actually be good next year. Good subjective. They'll be like five and seven, but they might keep Dave Aranda after five and seven. They've told you there's a standard, but what is that standard? Who, who on earth knows? Gary Patterson's back in college football. He's in the Big 12. Told you in November. This is awesome, man. I like Gary Patterson. I'm sorry. I do. And he's a Baylor bear. There are some Baylor fans who are going to take this. I, can I tell you? Can I, be, can I say something? I think the CAB Baylor fans, the ones who you know like paint the nails, wear the shirt, the insane ones, they're they're insane. They're nuts. They're nuts. The ones that won't give it up, that won't let it go and just move on, they probably hate this. Another terrible move by the organization. Fire Mac Rhodes. He would hire that POS Gary Patterson. Read a book. Open like 
open your mind to being happy, like enjoying life a little bit. If you don't do this is a bad move and you're a Baylor, you just got a head coach that won 200 games at TCU. Like this is dude, this dude's stupid good at doing the football coaching thing. And your current head coach is not. I'll take anybody at this point. I'll take anybody at this point. That was my immediate reaction to Gary Patterson being at Baylor University. Ah, they have a statue of the guy at TCU. Crazy, man. Dave Aranda will get fired. I still think that. I just do. He's just not very good at winning the football games. Stinks, doesn't it? I like, I as a fan like when teams win football games that I like. So, sorry. Some of you must die. That's a risk I'm willing to take. This has been It Always Will Be. Come back tomorrow. We'll break down some of the basketball games tonight and more in expansion, actually. Some more news is kicking up in expansion that I think you should be paying attention to. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Doce Grande.